Hello, 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 everyone. Hi there. My name is Mark. How are you doing? How are things? You doing well? This is how I usually start the show. No, it's not. Anywho, hello there. This is the Pixel of the Sausage Podcast for the week of Wednesday. I don't know, the 10th or the 9th? The 10th. It is the 10th of November. Remember, remember, the 10th of November. That's how it goes, right? Not really. But uh, I am Marcus Nez, and this is the Pixelated Sausage Podcast, and I'm here to talk about games. A handful, not too many, some I'll briefly touch upon, but what you can look forward to in this here episode, which should hopefully be on the shorter side, is Gnog. This is an old game that's been brought back to life. Thanks again to Radalaka Games, who recently brought us Greylancer. And this is G-Y-N-O-U-G. Gnog. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or not. I got that. Then Iron Harvest. Iron Harvest, the complete edition. There's no the there. It's just Iron Harvest colon complete edition. And the colon is just the, you know, the two dots, not your butthole. But uh, yeah, that came to console in RTS on console. That can't be good, right? Well, I'll get back to that. Then Galaxy Shooter DX, Amazing Breaker, which is a... That one's a, a funny one that I can't wait to talk about. Million Greg, which is not related to Amazing Breaker. And then The Immortal, which is another old game brought back from the past. Not from Rodalika Games. It's from my, I believe, Cubutebyte. I think there's a U in there, and that's why I'm confused by the, the pronunciation of the name now. But um, that's pretty much it for this here episode. And part of why it's going to be maybe a little bit shorter is because some of these games, they don't need a lot of discourse or words said about them. And also, I am I have been real busy. It's been a real busy week. A lot, a lot of work. A lot of work work and then other work things. And also, I am just excited because I finally, finally, finally started Ghost of Tsushima yesterday on the old Twitch, streaming it for y'all, and it's uh, it's been a good time. I don't think it's an amazing game from what I've played so far. Like, I, I can already see that I don't think that there's going to be a lot there in terms of variety of things to do or whatever, but it's just such a beautiful world to be in, and it is a very stereotypical unoriginal story but it's well done well acted and the combat and overall gameplay feels pretty good moving your your dude feels good and that's that's the key i i wanted to wait until i was in the right place to play that game and that place was being comfortable and feeling good about my time and time management that i could just play games not just not just Ghosts of Tsushima, which I constantly want to call Ghosts of Tsushima, but you're just the one ghost. But I want to be in a place where I could play games at my own pace and take my time with them and not feel rushed to get through them so that I can move on to the next one so that I'll have all this content rearing and ready to go. So being in that place, it's really good. It is very good and is allowing me to just enjoy Ghost of Tsushima in the way I want to and was hoping and expecting to. So I'm excited about that. 
But that's not what I'm here to talk about. You can watch me stream that over on twitch.tv slash sausage if you want. But I'm here to talk about the games I mentioned like uh, two minutes ago. So let's start off with Gnog. And this is another... Because I think Grey Lancer was of this ilk? But this is a horizontal scrolling schmuck. Left to right. I, I will never, ever get that right in my head. It'll always feel wrong. But uh, Shmup moving left to right. And this is like Grey Lancer in that I never played it. But unlike Grey Lancer, I'm actually enjoying this one quite a bit. I think it feels pretty good. I think the levels are challenging enough, but they don't ever feel super, super cheap, which is nice. And it's just... A solid little classic shmup that if you are a fan of it, if you remember the game from back in the day, I think you'll enjoy what they've done here. They don't give you, just like with Greylands, they don't give you any kind of historical things like box art or, or whatever, that kind of ilk or historical tidbits and whatnot. But they do give you a decent amount of visual options and... The ability, of course, to save anywhere and, and come back and load a save state. But they have a lot of CRT filters and ways to adjust them to do fine adjustments to the various filters and things that you change. So you can have it be full screen. You can have it be 4.3 or perfect. You can put on the CRT filter, create the the dome effect of the, the two TV and adjust it like by 0.5 increments. So there are a lot of fine-tuned adjustments you can do with all that. And it's a reminder too, messing around with those, that CRT filters have really come a long way. They used to be really, really bad. But I think if you do enjoy that look, while it'll never be the same as playing on a proper CRT, it's pretty good. It is pretty good. It is not headache-inducing or like looking at 3D without 3D glasses, which I think is a little bit exaggerated in terms of how bad CRT filters and just filters in general were when they first were introduced. But it's it's pretty good now. So yeah, Gnog is worth checking out if you're just a fan of shmups. Regardless of whether you have any memory or experience with the game when it originally came out, I think it's uh, worth giving it a look-see. Then Iron Harvest is an RTS set in an alternate history just after World War I. And you got steampunky things, so you got all those types of movable... I don't want to call them mechs. I don't know. It's weird when it's steampunk. I don't want to call them mechs. But uh, man-controlled, human-controlled, robotic structures... You get that kind of stuff. And regular, regular soldiers as well. And the campaign spans dozens and dozens of hours from what I've read. I've only scratched the surface with this game. I've played a handful of hours, five or so and whatnot. And there's still plenty more game to experience. But if you know me, knowing I spent that long at the very least is saying something and what 
I will say about Iron Harvest, having again only scratched the surface, is that one, I think it looks really good. I think it looks really good, runs well, playing on the Series X, of course, so I shouldn't have an issue with performance and, and, and that kind of stuff, but it's running really well for me. The story is solid. I've never been too grabbed by an RTS story, but I think the story and the storytelling is well done. I also really, really like, and this is something I I don't think I've seen in any other game ever. And I'm not being hyperbolic here. And this isn't like a, a, a crazy thing or anything, but just with the cutscenes, because they have in-game yeah, not cutscenes exactly, but just like story scenes or whatever. But then they have actual cutscenes that you can skip. They have like chapters. So if you think like a DVD or whatever that are broken up into chapters, you can skip around. If it, if it's like a 12-minute cutscene, you can skip in minute intervals. You can pause. Like you have a lot more control over the cutscene than I can think of with any other game. And I really like that because... Maybe you missed something that was just a minute ago, and you just want to rewind a little bit. You don't want to have to restart the cutscene, or maybe there's a bit of it that you're like, I don't care about this. I know where they're going to go with this bit of the story, so let me just skip ahead a few minutes to the next part of this cutscene. I like the amount of control they give you there. But what I really want to say is that RTS is hard to get on console. It's hard to get right with a controller. And... So often I end up bouncing from RTSs on console because they just are too cumbersome. They don't feel good. They're not. They're clearly not designed for uh, controller. They they weren't thought of or they didn't spend enough time doing that. And I think that's not the case with Iron Harvest. I think they've taken the time to create controls and, and make the game work with a controller in a way that a lot of RTS games don't bother with. Of course, if you have a capable PC, there's no reason to play this on console unless it is your only option. An RTS game can, like in the case with Iron Harvest, control well on a console, but it will never control a better or equal to a mouse and keyboard. So keep that in mind. You know, If you, if you have a capable PC, that is still the way to play this game. Or any RTS game. But the controls are really intuitive. The, the The tutorial does a good job of teaching you over time. And I don't want to go over how everything works. But just to say that I found them to, to work really well. And to not be too cumbersome or require you to do a bunch of claw-like maneuvers or do some weird things where you're holding this, this, and this, and this, and then pressing this. Uh, they, they've really streamlined the controls and I, I appreciate that a lot. And it's just, it's a good RTS. Good uh, environmental destruction. Like it's just, if you, if you are a console only player and you do like RTS games, I think Iron Harvest is at the top of the list of the games you should be checking out. And the complete edition comes with a whole bunch of content. You get more than your money's worth if you're an RTS fan. So 
definitely worth checking out. And that is, again, Iron Harvest Complete Edition on consoles. I, I'm assuming just PlayStation and Xbox. I can't imagine this game performing well at all on the Switch. Then Galaxy Shooter DX is a vertical scrolling shmup. Down up. <laughs> Hopefully they got this right. And uh, it's okay. It's okay. Gnog may be much older, but it is also better. Galaxy Shooter DX is fine. Doesn't look all that great. You don't press any buttons for shooting. You just auto-shoot. And you're picking up currency as you're playing through these levels, which you then use to upgrade your ship. So there's a bit of grinding that goes into it. And it's just okay. But it it can be incredibly annoying because off-screen enemies can still shoot at you. So there are these ships that shoot homing missiles at you, and even when they go off-screen, for a second or two, they can still fire at you. You'll get shot at from enemies that are at the top of the screen before they show up in the play area. That's annoying. And that may, that may be something that's in all shmups. I'm trying to think, but like, it was way more noticeable to me here. And I don't know if it's because it just felt cheaper or because there were times where there just weren't any other enemies on screen. So I was just getting shot at something I couldn't shoot. I'm like, okay, I guess I just need to wait until I'm able to destroy this thing that keeps shooting at me. And some of the design of the levels and the way projectiles are set up and enemies and, and their projectile uh, paths are set up is really annoying and cheap. E, cheapy, just you know, not like super cheap, but cheapy. And so I, 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 it's okay. And if you like shmups, sure you can check it out. The whole getting currency and upgrading ship thing is a loop that I could get drawn into, and I think certain people can get drawn into. And I think that it is, that is, it's one saving grace or it's one hook that may work for some. If you are someone, and, and you know if you are or not, if you're someone who does enjoy that loop of collecting currency or materials or whatever to then improve your ship, your character, your whatever, Galaxy Shooter DX should suit your needs for a short period of time. And it's only $5, I'm pretty sure. So it's not like they're asking a lot for it. So. If if you like that kind of stuff, then I think you'll 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 get a good time out of it. Then Amazing Breaker, I just want to mention because this is a game I played on iOS back when I had an iPod Touch in its like first few years of existence. So a very, very, very long time ago. And I love this game. It is I thought it was like a busted move like, that's what I remember, but it's not exactly that. You have your little slingshot at the bottom, and you're flinging various balls, I guess you'd call them, at glass-like structures, glass or icy structures. And what you're trying to do is break them almost completely. You, you ideally want to completely destroy them 100%, but I think the, the par score, the minimum score to finish a level is always 90%. So you need to destroy most of it, but you don't need to destroy all of it to clear the level and move on. And as you're progressing, you'll get 
new types of balls, mines, and whatever. You have a basic mine initially, which just explodes after it makes contact and like settles for a minute, not a minute, but like a second. And then one that you shoot and then you press the shoot button again and it'll spread into three different smaller balls that can chain up together. And then you use the regular mine to explode them. A big metal-like circle that has three balls in it and you can shoot that. It can go over the glass object you're trying to destroy and you press the shoot button each time you want to drop one of those mines in an area. Those can connect as well. And then the the piece holding the balls, when it stops, it'll explode and it can initiate that chain reaction, etc. There are, I think, like little ones. Like it's it's an okay game. I do like it, but the slingshot mechanic significantly less satisfying with an analog stick as opposed to a touchscreen where you're pulling it back with your finger. And they didn't make any type of changes to the structure or anything for console, for TVs or any of that. So it's just the same screen width as a a phone with wallpaper on each end. So it's just you looking at a portrait mode picture of the game. And it's it's just weird that a game this old is finally making its way to consoles and it's just it's just the the phone game ported to consoles. I mean that's all it is. And it took this long. But the fact that it even is here is just weird to me. It's funny. Then Million Greg is a solid platformer where you are a little girl getting to your cat to complete every level, I believe. And it's it's good. It's good. It feels good. That's the important thing. The wall jumping feels good. The regular jumping feels good. You have a little dash that feels good. It's a solid feeling platformer with level design both in look and just the way they're designed inspired by the original Mario I'd say 8-bit Mario but uh, Super Mario Brothers 1 to be specific and old Mega Man 2-ish era Mega Man games and it's 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 not that challenging let me just put that out there it, it is not challenging at all there the difficulty is in some of the collectibles you can go after in levels but if you just want to complete them, if you just want to get to your cat and complete the level, they're all pretty easy from what I've played. And yeah, it looks good, decent music, and it controls well. And that's the most important thing. Does the platformer control well? It does? Okay, good. Everything's good. And Million Greg controls well. I, I quite enjoyed playing it. And uh, when that is the case with a platformer, I'm good. It doesn't need to be the best looker or have the best audio or any of this. Crap. As long as I enjoy controlling the character, it can make up for so much. So much. Then The Immortal is another old game brought back. This is an isometric dungeon crawling, I guess. I don't know. I messed around with it. <laughs> I, I did not understand what the fuck I was doing. When I got into combat, I got my ass handed to me initially, and then I started destroying the goblins or whatever when I just started mashing 
every button and the analog stick in all these directions. I don't know what was actually doing the good stuff, but something was destroying them. And uh, yeah, I feel like it's a game that if I if I wanted to take the time to figure out, I could have fun with. But definitely, it, it feels more more geared towards people who really remember that original game and are, are looking for a way to play it on modern consoles as opposed to Ganog, which is something I think just fans of that genre will enjoy. This is a game that you either have to have experience with the original or be interested in those classic type of games. And I'm not sure if this was also on consoles, but it feels very much like a PC game. Uh, so... Yeah, it controls fine though. I mean, like the controls are fine. He's just moving your character around in these areas, shooting with a regular button, and then when you get in combat, it goes into like a, a cutscene type of thing, uh, and you just like dodge out of the way and attack. It feels very oh god, what am I trying to think? Because the, the the combat feels very similar to something, and I'm not sure what it is in my head. My head is thinking punch up, but that's that's not the right one at all. Oh god. Anywho, that will do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. And if you'd like to see me streaming games like Ghost of Tsushima right now, which will be for a while, at least I would say I would say at least two weeks. And I think, I think after Ghosts of Tsushima, I'm going to jump in and I might, I might stream because I've got plenty of a cushion. I've got plenty of a cushion. I've got a big cushion for a chat of the backlog and finished episodes. And I've been wanting to do the second run series. And instead of making these backlog games, I would make them second run games, even though they're technically not the same versions. I might just do, and this could be really, really boring, but also they would they would they would potentially last me till the end of the year. Because I would go for hundred percent in all of them. I may just do Grand Theft Auto 3 to Vice City to San Andreas. Cause I fucking love those games and I just cannot wait. I cannot wait. To be able to play those games again on modern consoles. Give me them achievements while also getting them 100%. And I hope they didn't change anything. Because uh, one of the coolest things about Vice City when you 100%ed it. Was that at your little mansion. You could then recruit. I can't remember if it was two or three. You got a stupid t-shirt that I never wore. But you could recruit two or three bodyguards to go with you. And wreak havoc with you. Which is very, very cool. Man, that was awesome. That was That was an actual bonus for getting 100% that I thought made that whole freaking tedious process worth it. Whereas in Grand Theft Auto 3, I don't even remember what you got, if anything, in Grand Theft Auto 3. The only really Easter egg I remember is getting over that wall that says you're not supposed to be here. And I think there was something with the, the dodo as well either being able to fly really far and then reaching somewhere else you weren't supposed to get to or some kind of bonus. I don't know. It's been so long since I've played any of these games. I'm looking forward to playing them again and not exactly experiencing them new, 
but just uh, reliving good old, good old days. But yeah, you can watch me play games like all that over at twitch.tv slash px sausage. And if you'd like to check out the videos I make, like the Attack the Backlog episodes, which you can listen to in audio form. I'll get to that shortly, but you can watch them too on the YouTubes at youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. Speaking of pixelated sausage, put a dot and a com after that, and you've got my site, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and, like I said, the pixelated animated backlog. <laughs> Uh, also known as Attack the Backlog. You can find this podcast and Attack the Backlog, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe. And you can also find my art on the site. If you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the PC Fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. One thing... The little bonus you get of being a patron one, you'll you'll get access to the the playthroughs, the 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 archives of the streams for games. That's where they'll they'll exist. I think I'm actually gonna make good on that. But um, every month at the beginning, the first week, you're allowed to not allowed to. That sounds weird. You're able to suggest a game for me to stream. For that month. Then after that first week, there's a vote, and whatever game wins, I will stream at the end of the month, on the final Friday of that month. So you can pick a game for me to play, and it may get picked. You suggest it, and it may get voted on. And you're free to take that link. I don't spread the link out publicly. I don't put it on Twitter or anything. I just put it in the Discord and on Patreon. But you can take that link if you want and freaking get your friends to vote on. It's like, you you can you can cheese the system and make it so that I'm always playing your game. And if you want to do that, you got to be a patron first to suggest the game. But uh, yeah, that's the thing. Anywho, that is it. That is all. Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely week. And bye!